hello everybody. Welcome to the EDF Sports Podcast. It is sponsored by TheEverydayFan.com. Go check it out. We got everything in the latest up-to-date sporting news. Go check out the shop. We got all your memorabilia needs. Make your man cave what you always wanted it to be. Enjoy the show. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of EDF Sports We got a nice one tonight as it's Monday night, Monday night football, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm here with the biggest Eagles fan, my partner in crime, Liam. I don't know where the other two guys are, but we don't care tonight because we're talking football. Um, Liam, I know you're excited and we're going to get to to these Eagles, believe me, because there's some stuff that I got to know. Um, first of all, is is Hurts going to get me my 35 points that I need to win my league tonight? <laughs> but, yeah, no kidding, but I got faith in him. I got faith in him, though. Okay, but let's start off with yesterday, uh, uh, well, this last week's action, because there was a lot going on. Like, uh, let, let me just start here. Kansas City goes down again. Now, I I did pick this on my official picks. But it was because I hate Kansas City, not because I really thought they were going to lose. You know, like, like, what do you think is going on with Kansas City? Have they been exposed? Did, did, did Baltimore expose that defense? Typical Broncos fans. Exactly. <laughs> Kansas City. You know what? Shannon Sharp has said the same thing, but he still loves Patrick Mahomes. He's <laughs> Mahomes boy. I'm not, even, I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I don't think they've been exposed in any way. I think that if we're just going to like look at them realistically, they just don't have a good defense. So they're going to have to win games via shootout. And for the first three years of Patrick Mahomes, you know, like starting career, they've been able to win most of those games by shootout. Yes. And this only, you know, to my knowledge, this is the only the second time in his, you know, really in his career that he's lost back-to-back games. So, like, it, I mean, like it looks bad, but like if, if we're talking about back-to-back games as a re- like losing back-to-back games as a reason to not trust the Chiefs, um, then like. Like, that's where the bar, like, can we like, can we think about that frame of reference? Like, that's where the bar is at. Like, we're freaking out over two losses. Right, right. Like, but did you hear anything today on, on Andy Reid? I know he got out and he was feeling better or whatever, but that's got to play a little bit into some of this, too. I mean, they're already down like they are. Can Reid come back? Is he going to be – do their assistant coaches – do we get to find out if uh, uh, enemy is, is worth what everybody thinks he is? Uh, I sure hope Andy's back. Andy, former Eagles coach, I have a big spot in my heart for him. I have that egregious Andy Reid face shirt. Hey, I love Andy Reid. I love him too. So, um, and, you know, I think and I hope he's okay. And uh, I mean, I trust the enemy. I've been pounding the table for the enemy to get a coaching job for years now. I wanted the Eagles to hire him. You know, of course, we didn't even give him an interview. Um, <laughs> That's you know, that's a topic for another day. Uh, he'll eventually be a head coach somewhere, be it USC or in the NFL. Yeah, that's interesting. And if he gets his start, uh, a la Luke Walton, like getting to inherit like this like crazy team, like, right? You know, you know, Luke Walton took over the, you know, went, you know, the, those Warriors, right? Like yes. A, they were twenty-four yes. now, right? but that was that was that was under Luke Walton. Before they eventually, you know, you know, lost whatever twenty-four and one. Who cares? Right. <laughs> um, if, if the enemy gets to take over the Chiefs, it's the perfect segue into proving what he can do, and you know, eventually en route to getting hired in the next hiring cycle. 
but I, I, I expect Andy Reid to be there, and I expect um, the Chiefs to uh, really come back, you know, angry. Did you hear what was what happened to him, though? Did, did, no. Do you know what happened to him at all? I just heard it was a precautionary illness type of thing. But, Paul, I got I got. He like, was sick by that defense. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't doubt it. But, uh, you know, the, there's some good news for the Chiefs and some bad news for one Liam Segarian. And that's the Chiefs have lost two in a row. And uh, their next game's against the Eagles. Bingo! That is it. That, I was going to say that a minute ago, but I, I was trying not to be. But, man, yes, you, you're right. Play them after two straight losses. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be that team. But, <laughs> but hey, if they come off a good win tonight, you know, you never know. I mean, look, honestly, that defense is not that good. It's not that good. You ran up. Everybody is running straight up the middle on Kansas City, and they have just pounded that middle to death. They can't stop it. Well, that's what. So what I'm saying about the Eagles is like the reason we have to win tonight is because Patrick Mahomes coming to town next week. So tonight it's a win. <laughs> yeah, true that. Um, there was a, a couple of other big games we had: uh, Tampa Bay and the Rams. Again, tell me what you think because is is that is that the best that the NFC has? Is that going to be the the NFC Championship or? Is Sneaky Green Bay, who comes back in 30 seconds, going to be the team two? Or, or or what's going on with Tampa and, and the Rams? How did you feel about that one? Well, as you know, I picked the Packers to make the Super Bowl this year in, in the Rodgers Revenge Tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know my loyalty to take integrity, so I'm sticking with it. But um, there's no evidence to me right now that the Rams aren't the best team in football. Or, uh, Thank you. Football, but, like, you know, the NFC at least. And I guess you would have to say football, but at this point. But um, you know, move, moving down the road, the only reservation you have is obviously health because you know they're a very top end, top heavy team. A lot of big contracts for a lot of star players. That if they start to go down, like their running back room already has, mm-hmm. you know, they're thinner than a lot of teams because they have so many premier players at you know key positions. Yeah. You know, quarterback now. Uh, wide receiver, uh, you know, on the offensive line. But they're so stacked. Uh, obviously, Donald and Ramsey, too. I mean, uh, you know I've been hounding on these guys. I'm the one who had Mark Stafford. Nobody was take, Nobody believed it. Look at that, man. Look what he's doing. I mean, that team, to me, is one of those, um, I, I want to say, oh, who was that? St. Louis, uh, when they were St. Louis Rams, uh, Kurt Warner. You know, you, you kind of get that vibe out of that team, like like that same kind of team. Only, I, I don't know if this defense is, is, is even better. Like, the studs they have on that defense, is it, the Rams scare me. I mean, the Rams, to me, are the team to beat. That's I mean, I know you didn't like me saying by far last time, but, I mean, they're widening that gap. They're widening the gap, and, and I hear you. And, you know, we'll see how they uh, – we'll see how their game next week. They play the uh, – they play the Cardinals, right, next week in a battle of 3-0, so it'll be, it'll be I, good. Yes, I believe so. They do got a division game. Yeah, so that, that, that'll, that'll show us uh, what's really up between the Cardinals and the Rams. But when it comes down to the playoff action, Matt Stafford's 0-3 in his career in the playoffs, and I know he was playing for the Lions. But, like, that could actually that could play a factor. Like, no matter how set up the Rams are for success in the playoffs, Matt Stafford's unproven, mm-hmm. you know, Russell Wilson, yeah, uh, 
uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, obviously, hell, even Kirk Cousins, if the Vikings can can write the ship, they probably can't. But Kirk Cousins is number two in, in the Q, QBR right now, so... I mean, don't let's 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 not put too much down on Kirk Cousins. I was watching that game this weekend, and and he's still got a little something in him, you know. He's had a good start, and you know, at this point, Jimmy G, all those all those guys have more playoff success and are, are more battle tested through those really tough playoff games more so than Matt Stafford. So when it get when it comes to playoff times, because the Rams are obviously going to be there, it's going to really be incumbent on Sean McVay to put Stafford in positions to succeed where he hasn't succeeded before because he doesn't have the experience that the other quarterbacks in the NFC do. Okay, thank you. You are so great at leading into segues, man. It's, it, it's just wonderful. But since we're going to go there about putting somebody in a position to succeed, let's go there. Let's go to Chicago because, man, that coach is driving me insane. Okay, what is he doing did you see, I mean, that was the saddest display of coaching that I've seen. And, and believe me, I know this much about, about I'm not going to claim that I could be a coach. I'm not going to claim I could do any of that stuff. But we all saw the basic stuff get messed up. You know, you cannot leave a rookie guy in his first game back there all alone. All day, all alone. Do it yourself. Get us someplace. Here's five guys. That's all you get. Good luck. And then let's not run a play that is conducive to your style of play at all. Let's run plays for opposite sides where veteran quarterbacks would have a hard time turning their bodies and getting in position. I mean, tell me, it looks like he's purposely trying to destroy this young man. Why? You know, I've I've been uh, my my friend Luke. I'm gonna send him this clip later. Uh, he, he's gonna he's gonna really get on me for saying this because I've been an ardent Matt Nagy supporter. I, I can't do it anymore. Okay, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of Matt Nagy. I, you know, I was I was the one you know saying like look look like he just needs the right he needs the right guys. Like he got Trubisky to the playoffs twice. Maybe, maybe Trubisky got Nagy to the playoffs twice. Maybe Trubisky's rotting away in it's, the backup when he can actually be starting somewhere. It's looking like Who knows? that. Who knows? Uh, at this point, Justin Fields, you know, you, you don't like coach turnover and turmoil, especially young into uh, what should be a franchise quarterback's sure. career. But Justin Fields needs somebody that's going to put him in positions that, to utilize his skill set. And he also needs somebody that's going to put the players around him in order to maximize those skills. So Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy both have to go. Yeah. They both have to go. And it's on, you know, Bears top management and top, you know, ownership groups to to make the right decisions at who's next. You have a really, really good opportunity here with a really talented quarterback. Is this the job for B enemy? Is this the job for B enemy? You know, you, you hear Justin Fields get player comps all the time. Mm. And I've heard Patrick Mahomes a lot. And like, no, no, player comps doesn't mean he's gonna turn into Patrick Mahomes. It just means play style. Well, who better knows Eric, uh, Patrick Mahomes than Eric Bieniemy? No, you know so, what? That's that is great. I I I've, I had not thought about that at all. Not not even one time. And that it, you are right. If for Bieniemy, that would almost be like just a perfect spot. I mean, it would be a perfect spot. He, and he, they need to nail the GM hire because they need to build on this offensive line because no coach no coach is going to succeed with an offensive line that's given up nine sacks a game. 
But help too. Leave a tight end in. Chip a guy maybe. Where's the back? Leave a back. Leave two freaking backs in there to help you when you got this kind of a guy that's standing there, you know? You leave him wide open and say, good luck. There needed to be more designed, you know, RPOs and designed runs. And they just didn't utilize they, they You know, Dan Orlovsky said today that it was like a game plan that was like made for someone like him. Like a not good stationary quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's not what Justin Fields is. Justin yeah. Fields is a huge arm. He can roll out of the pocket, and he's a good athlete. You got to utilize that. When the Bears went twelve and four a few years ago, won the NFC North with Trubisky at quarterback. Matt Nagy was the coach of that team, and a lot of those plays and a lot of those wins were, well, yes, defense driven. But Trubisky was making plays with his feet because you know we, we're, no one's mistaken Trubisky for a top arm in the league. He was making plays with his athleticism, yeah. kind of like Daniel Jones does. Uh, that Fields can do the same thing. And hit yes, the You need to set him up to do that, it's, and you need to know how to utilize not having a good offensive line. Like, is he going to take some lumps? Sure, he's a rookie, and exactly. you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. But you, you got, you got to help the kid out. Exactly. Before, you're you're going to get fired before you're going to get fired before midway through the season if this if this keeps up. Yep, and and it will all be on you because you. It, it, I mean, he he. he He's not ready. That's why I'm not starting him. Um, you guys don't understand. You don't see. But yet everybody who's at the camp, everybody who's watching is like amazed at what he's doing inside of the, including players, by the way, who come out and say certain things. But so we all can see it. So to me, it's one of those things like um, like Mo Bamba never getting in the game for Orlando. <laughs> you know, that was a whole different situation that nobody else. Everybody's always looking around. Whoa, Mo still hurt. No, that was him and Cliff. That was that was an inside thing that had them was why Mo was there. So to me, this is like one of those things, you know. What is it that Fields did to you to make you want to hold him back? You know, it's like it's like you're trying to punish the kid because we know that you got to be a better coach than you than you're being right now, and you have two choices right now. You can either turn yourself around and become the guy who who leads. One of the one of the best quarterbacks to come out in a while in this draft that we had, right? Or you can be the guy who screwed that up. Let me play devil's advocate so, real quick to that last point. What if he can't? What if he just like isn't there with the offense with the top offensive minds in the league, and he and this isn't above his his coaching level. He's you know he's built as an offensive guru coming from the Andy Reid tree. It, I, I can't see that. What if this isn't above his coaching level? And and really, you know, he, he starts Dalton because he thinks he has a better opportunity to win games now, and that might be true, especially with the limitations at offensive line. But what if all of this saving Justin Fields and, and waiting till he's ready was to actually save him and the future of the Bears, even if that's not one-and-one one with saving his job? Like, like, what, like, what if he just, like, what, like, like, no, <laughs> this isn't a freaking thing. Right. But like, it, it almost plays like he's, like he, it, it almost plays like he's, uh, looking out more for the future of the Bears and the future of Matt Nagy, <laughs> which is very commendable for a bad coach, you know. Yeah, Matt no, Matt. hey, I'll take it. I'm sure he'll take that too. He, right now, if he's, he's gonna listen, he's gonna go. That's, that's what I was doing right there. I'm looking out for the future <laughs> because he come out with that, with that. Uh, oh, it, it was my, it was, this was on me. I should have had him more prepared. That was the same bullshit that good coaches say. 
Good coaches come out after a bad game and say, that's on me. I should have had my team prepared. What he should have did is come out there and said, this is on me. I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Fields. This was on me that I got you almost killed today. I should have had you better prepared. Don't tell us that generic, it was on me because I'm a coach and it stops right here. No, that was truly on you. This was this was beyond that. This was truly on you. You didn't give this poor kid even a chance. But, I mean, we'll see how, how it ends up, obviously. But I'm also with you. I think the GM also is, is responsible. The front office now is culpable because you see what's going on. Everybody sees what's going on. So everybody who don't make a move right now, it's on you too. So, you know, I, I figure he's got another week or two to see what he can do. Um, before they actually do, but you, but but again, you're right. I think if you, after so long right here, he'll be one of those first casualties to be out the door, and then uh, but he'll have nobody to blame but himself. That's that's the way I see that one. Um, I want to get into a couple more things real quick. Uh, but yeah, so the AFC West, I got to go there. That's my Broncos. They're now three and zero, but the Raiders are three and zero. And I want you to tell me, since Lamar's not here, are the Raiders for real, though? Because they they don't look bad. I'm going to say right now, Carr is, I don't know if it's the, the contract year that's doing it or what, but but he's not looking bad. No, and, uh, you know, the Raiders and the Broncos have both been surprising. But, you know, the Broncos are a really good constructed team. And, they have, you know, they have a quarterback who's not, like, He's not an overwhelming talent per se, but you know he's a very good game manager and he doesn't turn the ball over, which is exactly what this team Zero. needs. If, if you had if you had a big play quarterback, holy crap! I mean, like the Broncos could be, you could almost have them as favorites to win the AFC West, even in the division with Herbert. Damn Watson. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, but you know maybe get Aaron Rodgers, we'll see. But um. I still think the Chiefs are going to end up winning this division because really? not, we have because we've, they've had one divisional game and it was against the Chargers. I don't think they're losing to the Raiders and to the Broncos. And when you win your two division, when you win four out four out of six, or I don't think they're losing to the Chargers again. So inevitably, I think the Chiefs will be winning the next five of five division games. It's hard not to win the division when you're doing that. If the Chargers are still going to lose in Charger-ish ways like they did in Dallas, they should be 3-0. They're not. They're 2-1. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Broncos are – and the, the Broncos and the Raiders are really good, and they both play as good playoff teams that could win other divisions, but they but those other divisions don't have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and, right. <laughs> And the Raiders, their defense, like, has been playing great so far, in my opinion. I, I want to see it hold up against the more top-tier teams. Because, you know, now the Steelers proved to be not. How good is that Steelers win? The Ravens win's great. But Lamar still, you know, gashed them pretty good. Yeah. And what, what happens in November when the Raiders, you know, fall off like they have you know, the past three years. Exactly. Like Drew, like Drew Brees around week 12, falling off. The Raiders do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. So is that going to persist? I don't know. As far as the Broncos, and Pat Shermer's been calling an awesome offensive scheme so far to help Teddy out with this offense, especially with Judy going down too. Mm-hmm. But do they have the horses 
offensively to keep themselves in games with the really high-flight offenses that they're going to have to see uh, if they make the playoffs, let alone in their division. They haven't played the Chargers yet. They haven't played the Chiefs. They haven't played the Raiders yet, right? You haven't, you haven't nope. had any division games. Two weeks, so, yep. So, you know, the Broncos are going to have to prove themselves in division before I start talking about them as a real threat to win this division. They've looked good so far, but they played the Jets, and they've and, played... And that's, you know, that's the point. They've had three games. I mean, the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Giants. Now, and, who, who would... Yeah, who wouldn't want to start with that, right? I mean, that's that's a great way to start off. Three teams that don't give you much that you can you can get fired up. So, I'm kind of with you there. I am not even being a hardcore Bronco fan. I'm not I'm not sold. I like where they're at. I I, I they've done great. Um, to me, it's the defense that's going to carry them because giving up 26 points in three games, that's good. That's that's a good start for that defense. Um. That I, they don't even have all their pieces still, and they're just getting started. So that defense will get better as the year goes on. That should scare some people. Um, and the offense, Teddy is is I hate to call it that word, that manager word. I hate that, but he does seem to be that. And what he does the best is he knows how to check that ball down. He's like a check down guru, you know. If 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 it's going uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, Three seconds, four seconds, he dumps it. You know, he, he hits the short pass, he hits the short pass. He'll he'll dink you to death all the way down the field. You know, just dink, dink, dink all the way down the field. And and that's fine. Um, but, again, I think it's that defense because if they can score 21 points in a game, they're going to win because they're going to keep the other team under 21 points. And, and the big one will be that. So, next, though, they have uh, the Ravens next week, then the Raiders, then the Cowboys, then the Browns, and then the Eagles somewhere in there. So you'll be learning a lot about that over the next. Month. So we'll get that's that's it. That's what I'm saying. Over the next five six weeks, we're gonna find out who the Broncos really are. Are right, and 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 in my opinion, we're gonna find out they are a good playoff team, and and that's where they're gonna be. I don't. Yeah, like. They, they, they have everything set up to make the playoffs, but mm-hmm. do they have the horses to, to do they have the horses to win shootout games right. with, the, with the Chiefs, with the Ravens, with the Browns? They're the Chargers, the yeah. With so the Chargers, they're in the same situation that the Colts are in. They're in the same situation that the Vikings are in. It's they're they're so limited at the most important position, and they might be slightly limited coaching in some areas that you can't trust them to win games against Mahomes. At some point, it doesn't become about team versus team. It's can you go out and beat Mahomes? Can you go out and beat Josh Allen? Because mm-hmm. the rest of your team stacks up. It's it's the dude who's making the plays. Can, can you stack up with that dude? Yeah. And I'm not the Broncos or Raiders can do that yet. And, and by, the, by, by the way... I'm sure stacks up with those dudes. Yeah, and by the way, Josh Allen sure did has redeemed himself the last few weeks after that first disaster, hasn't he? I mean, last week them Buffalo Bills just man, they they kind of they kind of did their job. So right now, I know we, we we didn't get into everything in the NFL, but that's okay because we have to get into this Philadelphia Dallas game before we get before it gets going here shortly because I need to get a Philadelphia 
Eagles fans perspective. First of all, what happened last week against the 49ers? Where do you think you lost that game? I think we lost that game in experience because we played them, you know, we're going to be playing teams tough. And, like, I, I wasn't, you know, I was skeptical of the new coaching hire over the summer and stuff like that. But what I've realized the first couple of weeks and, uh, and, like, the mentality of this team is that, you know, we're going to be a grind, a grinder team. We're going to be a team that, you know, people don't want to play because we're just going to tire you out. That doesn't mean we're going to be winning. You might kill us, but you're going to feel us. And I like that. That's very Philadelphia. We lost that game in experience. We pl- we played better than them the first half. We just didn't have the right game plan call, and we didn't have the right, um, you know, knowledge of situation. Did you not feel you left a lot on the board, too? I mean, they, they left oh, some big oh. plays that could have been caught that he overthrew just a little, or, you know, no there worry. were some things that, opportunities, they had opportunities. Don't no worry, I'm getting there. Sirianni admitted himself after the game that he didn't call his best game. And, you know, we have a 91-yard pass down the sideline to Quez Watkins that gets us into um, – that gets us like, – Right, right right at the goal line, yeah. We, we have a five-yard penalty that pushes us back. We can't get it in. On fourth mm. down, instead of trying a run-in or any simple easy pass, our new coach runs the Philly special from Super Bowl 52, and it got blown up and read like a – and it was a terrible play call one that should have never been made no rational uh, decision maker would have made that and that's where experience comes in it was his second game ever as a head coach and he took accountability right afterwards and I you know what I know he's going to learn from this those throws that you said that were just a little bit off well Jalen Hurts was never a great thrower at Alabama right he only became an adequate thrower through Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma and I would still call him just an adequate serviceable thrower of the football. Devontae Smith never had this version of Jalen Hurts, and neither has Jalen Rager. And they have to, you know, they have to create chemistry just like every quarterback does with their receiving core. Those plays will come. They will yeah. come. You know, Jalen Rager, who stepped out of bounds on that would-be touchdown, will learn through mistakes like this how to sharpen up your routes to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, as far as physicality, and the 49ers are very physical, we out-physicaled them for the first half. We just left scoring plays on the board and big opportunities. Yes. But they're learnable opportunities, and that's okay. For a team that's not trying to win, like my Eagles are not trying to win, if we can learn from what happened in games like this past week, we're going to be just fine. And, And that leads good, though, into this week. I mean, even though you are missing a left tackle, right? But... When the team you're playing against is missing every starter on defense, almost. I mean, it ain't that many, but I think they they got like seven. Like Parsons. Now, now that's the that's the one guy. But at the same time, he's all they got left right now. So I mean, if you put a couple of guys on him, and 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 I'm just saying, I think today is that day that the Eagles can capitalize because they're going to get a couple more of those shots. You're going to get more of those shots. Can they can they connect on those? Um, you said they will, they will. So is this the week, or do they need more time? Because you they, know you they, want this one. They need more time to consistently deliver on a week in and week out basis. That doesn't, you know, an explosion could come at any week, like we saw against the Falcons, and a stinker could come at any week, like we saw against the Niners. It's all about creating a more consistent. Um, 
balance among your offense and defense as the season goes on, as people get more accustomed to their teammates. And that's what I'm looking for. I would love if tonight's an offensive explosion night because you know Dak in his first home game of the season after that injury, he's going to have mm-hmm. a huge game. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a Eagles fan. I love Dak Prescott. I, I, I love Dak Prescott the man. I love watching him play. Uh, and, you know, for most of his career, he's owned the Eagles. So... Yep, I, be- it's gonna, it's gonna, I believe gonna, it's three three home games straight that the Dallas has over the Eagles right now. It's a, a three-game home win streak. They are favored by three and a half, the Cowboys. Do you think they cover that, or is Philadelphia going to win this? Be realistic. So, Philly is, uh, Dallas is three-and-a-half-point favorite. Normally, you get three just for being at home. So, that's probably a, a pretty good... Uh, uh, assessment considering Dallas's offense, Philadelphia's a little bit shaky defense. I'm not going to say they're bad. That's not a bad defense, but they they've got their little issues. But I believe that the the flip is going to be Philly's offense will be able to handle Dallas's defense. So where do you see this coming out on a realistic end? I'm taking my Eagles, and it's going to be a big game for the defensive line. I know Brandon Graham's out for the year, which really hurts. Brandon Graham's, you know, an eagle through and through, and, and we love him in this city. So that broke our hearts that he tore his, uh, he tore his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll spin next year. Uh, it's a big game for our D-line, especially with Lyle Collins out, you know, um, and then playing Terrence Steele and Connor McGovern. We, we, need, we need to get pressure on Dak because Darius Slay – Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, at some point Amari Cooper is going to get loose, and Dar- Darius Lee is a great player, and I love having him on the team. But they have so many weapons around the board, even with Michael Gallup out, even with Zeke not looking like the Zeke of old. That you, you know, that they're and and with knowledge of this team, maybe not of this coaching staff, but just of the Eagles, of their personnel, Dallas is going to put up points. So, like you said, yes, the, it, it needs to be a night where the Eagles are feasting on a Dallas defense, especially in the pass game that isn't great. Mm-hmm. But they also have to play mistake-free football, and they need to get pressure on Dak because if Dak has time to throw, the Eagles are in for a very, very long night. You know, their secondary isn't built to to last, you know, six seconds holding the pocket. Their secondary isn't right. built to be able to cover Amari and C.D., and Tony Pollard out of the backfield, and Dalton Schultz, and Blake Jarwin. It's just not. So yeah. it, it's very, very important uh, game. For not a whole lot that are. Very important game for our linebackers who can, who hopefully can hold the tight ends in front of them as our corners and safeties work on on CD and Amari. Yeah. But but our our you know our offense needs to execute and it needs to be crisp tonight because mistakes are going to get us hurt and they're going to get us beat. Yeah, pressure on Dak will be a big thing, I think. Um, and also, if you can slow – I mean, they don't have a – even saying that with Zeke back there, they don't have a great running game. Um, they're relying on a, a different back than Zeke Elliott. So, uh, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a hazy running game. So, if they can get some pressure, stop that running game totally, um, you might have a chance to slow that offense down a little bit. But they got they got a lot of weapons and and I don't, there's not a whole lot of teams that are built to cover as many as you said right there so so that's going to be tough for them but 
Uh, again, I need Hertz to give me 35 points. So whatever that takes, I'm, I'm in for it. Um, I have no vestment in Dallas. Sorry, Cowboys fans. But um, so go Hertz. Let's uh, get that done. But uh, before we go, there is a Philly, another Philly team. I want to talk about the 76ers for a minute real quick. Tell me what's going on, man, with Ben, because this is getting crazy. First of all, tell me right now for everybody, who do the Philadelphia fans blame? Who do they blame? Is this Ben or is this on the front office at Philadelphia Services? The vast majority of fans are blaming Ben. I am throwing blame out on both sides. I would say probably in the 60-40 range, 60 going to Ben Simmons, 40 going to to the Sixers over the years and, and their mishaps and woes. Um, but ben, Ben's taking a lot of the blame. And I think that it, it's very important to keep a lot of things in perspective, none more than the fact that he has four years left on his contract you know, when Anthony Davis and Paul George and James Harden did similar things, they were going to be free agents within a matter of a year. Ben Simmons is That's very true. far away from that. And the ego of of someone of his caliber, which to me is about, you know, on Ben's best season at this skill set, he could be maybe second team All-NBA, maybe on his mm-hmm. best season. And James Harden and Anthony Davis and Paul George can all be MVPs in their best season. Yeah. There's a Ben Ben Simmons is overvaluing himself, and he's and he's and his ego is way above the basketball player. Okay, but is there no blame for for the front office trying to get what they would call a king's ransom during the summer when they had a lot of suitors out there? Who said sure we'll give it a shot minnesota for one who well, minnesota literally came out though back in the summer and said we are all in on being we we're going after him no ifs ands or buts we want it we want to uh uh you know we want a piece of being and they wanted half the team you know give me half the team. so is there not some blame in that front office for trying to get so much then then it blows it now you got him not wanting to report are you still going to get the value for him now I don't blame the front office at all for that. I loved it personally. Like, like I said, Ben has so much time left on his deal. If we have to put him on ice and wait for a team to get really, really desperate, like that's why we have Daryl Morey. I've told my, I've told my friends for a while, or you know, I've told my friends over the past few days, or um, that um, if we didn't have Daryl, like if Elton Brand was still our operating general manager. Ben would have been gone today before media day and a very, very... For a bag of chips. <laughs> yeah, for, for pennies on the dollar. For a Philly sandwich. Daryl and his and his knowledge of the NBA landscape and, and the player landscape and <laughs> market, will, I'm confident will at least get us 75 cents on the dollar. And if that 75 cents on the dollar comes in the form of what this team needs then we'll still be able to compete as long as Joel Embiid and the rest of the team is healthy. Now, what that 75 cents on the dollar is, I don't know. But if the Wizards and the Portland Trailblazers don't start off well and we rehash the talks that we thought we were having over the summer, well, 
that's more than a dollar on the dollar. That would then be Daryl turning it into more than what he's giving away. There's, there, there's, it, it's a bleak, bleak situation as far as where his value stands now. But the thing that works out for the Sixers is they have so much time for his value to rise, even if he's not on the court, because other teams are faltering in certain aspects, right? Yeah. Ben Simmons is the most versatile defender in the NBA. He can, he's a, a pretty damn good passer, and he, you could argue he's the you know, best or second best transition player in the NBA. He's probably the fastest person in the league with the ball in his hands. Okay. He, he serves a lot of value for, for, for teams that have the right construct for him. So in saying all that, I know a team that is in need of a point guard till at least January, but probably a little further because, you know, the guy they have coming back in January will need some time to get going. So what do you think the Sixers would want out of my nuggets to get Ben over there? They're going to want that point guard that you want that uh, you want Ben to hold over <laughs> for. Or they're going to want that guy that you signed to a five-year, $207 million contract, Michael Porter Jr. Mm. And, I, and I don't think that a trade happens without one of those in it. Wow. Okay, well, then that won't be happening. But I, but I, I even though as down as I am on Ben, I think that that would be a nice spot for him. Because he would not come in there with any expectation of scoring. You don't have to. What you give us is fine. If you give us 12 tonight, then great. What we need you to do is your facilitating and your defense. And that's all that team would need. They Joker could, could pass, do all, you know. They, they just need him to come in and do a small role. And I think he could fill that role beautifully on that team until Murray got back. Now, when Murray got back, that would be a little a little awkward on, on the guys they have in the position. But I still think they could move Ben to a two, and and he could still facilitate in the defense. Like you said, his versatility on defense, you could use him in, in, in many of ways. Uh, having him and Aaron Gordon together would bolster that defense to me. Uh, great. So I, I mean, I would like to see that. So I know, I, I know, like you said, I don't think it could happen because of the, 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 the price that he would want to get for it. But you know, but that would be my last word if we're gonna have one there between us is right there. The Nuggets should do something like that. Ben sitting there, like you said, I, you know, I, I actually never thought of that, and that was a great point. That the amount of years that he has, you can sit in there and and unbelievably in the world that we live in today a guy sitting there on his can will grow in value somebody goes down some team isn't performing like they need and they keep looking over there going god if we had that guy right there oh if we just had that guy right there you know and then and then like you said now you're paying a dollar ten and so uh, uh that, that those were excellent points but is there anything else you want to say about this philly game because, come on, you, you defend. Tell me what you really feel about Dallas. The rivalry <laughs> one, I, 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 I don't hate any franchise in sports more than I hate the Dallas Cowboys. That goes for there the, it is. That goes for the Atlanta Braves. That goes for the New York Mets. <laughs> New York Knicks. That goes for the Miami Heat. That goes for the Lakers. That goes for the Bulls. That goes for everybody. Dallas Cowboys are the most hated franchise in the history of Liam Segarian. But they're America's team. They're America's team. America's team. America's real team. 
Let's get it up. Let's be honest, and I can make a point about that later. My hat says "Go Birds." And that's what it means. It means "Go Birds." And fly Cowboys, Eagles, fly. The Cowboys—they worry more about Washington. That's their blood rival. That's fine. That's fine. We're, they're our blood rival. You want to know why? It's because everyone who's not a Cowboys fan hates the Cowboys. And by mm-hmm. just marriage of the division, I have to hate them more. And I love it. I love it. 100%. Birds, 100%. I love it. I love it. Thanks for the time, man, Liam. Uh, uh, this was great. Let's do this again. Uh, not so long the next time. We'll get into next week's games. And hopefully we are talking about how big – Jalen Hurts smashed this Dallas Cowboy defense and how I won my game because of it. And then you get to the Philly win. So we all win. So Jalen Hurts, just do your thing and, and we all win tonight, right? 31-28, Eagles. Let's go. 31-28. I love 31-28, 29, 33. Ooh, you sure you don't want to make that uh, 32? Cover the spread? Get some money? Hmm. Well, then, yeah, that would cut. 31-28 covers the spread. It's three and a half. I mean, gotta have four, right? Three, three, three and, and a half. half for the Cowboys. Oh. All right. See, that's why you don't listen to me when I make this. No, I'm just kidding. But you're right. So, so they did. I love it. I love this score. Um, yeah. Well, I gotta change my bet now before this starts. So no. Um. But uh, that's great. Uh, get in on our picks, by the way. If you notice. Um, out of all these places, they, we got the Athletic. There's all these guys. And we are number five, guys. We're number five in the picks right now. We're killing it. You should get in on that, Liam. It's good EDF stuff. Sports. I will get in. I'm in next week. Let's EDF go. Sports. We will see you guys again next week. Liam, good luck. And we will catch you guys later. We'll catch you later. Go, Birds. Recording stopped. All right. <laughs> Shit. Damn, I was really counting. I was like, I got the numbers right. I got, I don't got the fucking team right, you idiot. Wrong team. God. I had no idea what you were talking about. The spread's three and a half. I was like. Yeah, I know. You're like, uh, that's six. If you go, if, if we're going by the spread, that's six then, okay? We were, we really covered it, you know? <laughs> Shit. All right. I got the right team. It's okay. Um, But, uh, but no, man. Thanks for doing it. Uh. No, thank you. I'm hyped. Now, now I can't wait. That was great. And, uh, and again, I truly do hope that Jalen Hurts has a fucking career day. So...